0: You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics that help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. A study conducted by Harvard doctors concluded that 95% of your success or failure in life is determined by the people you associate with. This reminds me of a quote from Jim Rohn, and he said, You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Today, I'm having a conversation with a man who has been called the godfather of modern networking by major publications and TV networks. His name is Dr. Ivan Meisner. He is the founder and now chief visionary officer of BNI. Dr. Ivan is also the author of the book, Who's in Your Room, which is what we're going to dive into in today's conversation. Dr. Ivan is going to share a powerful metaphor to visualize and intentionally build a strong inner circle that will lead us to more success in life and business. With that said, here is my conversation with Dr. Ivan Meisner. Dr. Ivan, thank you so much for being with us on the Creating a Brand podcast today. Alex, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Before we get started, I wanted to personally say thank you. Over the years, you've had an indirect influence in my life and also on my wife's life. A quick story I'll share is actually when my wife first started her business that she has since sold, but during the first week of business, she got invited to a BNI i meeting and she was as nervous as I'll get out to share what she had just launched, but she ended up earning one of her first customers through that event. I have similar stories for myself along with everyone else who's ever attended a BNI and i meeting, so I just want to say thank you for what you've created with b and
1: Hey, my pleasure. It's um, you know I, I think B and I's kind of turned into a mission for me. Um, we we help people all over the world uh, generate business. Uh, last year in two thousand and nineteen, we passed twelve point three million referrals and generated sixteen point seven billion with the B sixteen point seven billion dollars worth of business for our members. Now, just so you know, Alex, $16.7 billion is more than twice the gross domestic product for the country of Liechtenstein.
0: <laughs> There's a fun fact for you right okay, there. Okay, it's,
1: it's a small country, I know, but still, how cool is that, that we could generate as much business as a small nation? I'm looking for a bigger nation next year, but I think it's pretty amazing.
0: <laughs> that is really cool. That's actually quite the achievement. If you're looking for a bigger nation, I think next on the list is uh, Marshall Islands, uh, that can be your target nation to outperform. <laughs> There's no question about it, though. I is a powerful movement with a network opportunity that's second to none. I've never seen anything like it before. So thanks again for what you've done with that. Thank you. Well, Dr. Ivan, today we're talking about building an inner circle. You published a book titled Who's in Your Room? The Secret to Living Your Best Life. I'm excited to get into this topic with you. So to start this conversation off, can you please define an inner circle for us?
1: Well, an inner circle are your, your closest advisors, and by the way, that's very related to networking. I mean, uh, you, you've heard many people, Jim Roon, Jack Canfield, you know, many others have said you, you become the six or seven people that you hang out the most with. And I believe that's very true. And so your inner circle should be people that you spend time with, who mentor, who advise, who are there to give you honest advice, uh, to be and I talk about this in Who's in Your Room, to be engines in your life, not anchors. So they're honest with you, but they're engines. They help you be your best self. And, um, and we all need that. And people in our inner, inner circle uh, should be people that are, are champions for us. They'll tell us the truth, but they do it in a caring way.
0: That's a really great definition of an inner circle. Your closest advisors who help you become your best self. Now, I know when you talk about building a strong inner circle, you use the metaphor of the room from your book. Can you explain the concept of the room to the audience today?
1: Imagine you live your life in one room. And that one room has only one door. And that one door is an enter-only door. So that when people come into your room or into your life, they're there forever. You can never get them out now. Luckily, it's a metaphor. But if it were true, Alex, would you be more selective about the people that you've led into your life?
0: Of course, I would. Yeah,
1: it's what, it's what everybody says. They right. They'd be so. Then the question is, why aren't we more selective? And I would argue that um, it is actually more than a metaphor. One of the people we interviewed for the book was Dr. Daniel Amen, uh, the brain scientist, neuroscientist, psychiatrist, and Uh, he's a friend of mine and, and I interviewed him for the book. And one of the things he said that I thought was really powerful is that the people in your life, in your room, their fingerprints are all over your brain. And, and, uh, and, and so you may feel like you can kick them out of your life, but they're still in your head. And if they're still in your head, they're still in your room. And so the people you let into your life are there forever. One way or another, the decisions you make in the future will be based on the experiences that you had in the past. So you've got to be more selective about the right kind of people to bring into your life and into your room. And so the book is really about the secret to creating your best life. And you do that by starting with understanding yourself first. You have to really get good with your values. And when you know what your values are, then you have what we call the metaphorical doorman. The meta- your metaphorical doorman is, is your conscious and subconscious mind that screens people out um, before they have a chance to get into your room, to, into your life. You know, that maybe maybe you have to do some business with them. They stay out on the porch, but you don't get too close to them because they have values that are dissonant with yours. And um, those you just don't want to let those kinds of people into your life. So your values are critical. You've got to know them. We talk about that in the book, but here's an easy way to start. Cause when I say, Oh, when I say to somebody, Oh, tell me your top seven values. It's like deer in the headlights. They, they don't know what you say. saying, right. <laughs> but I'll tell you what everybody can think of almost quickly. I want to ask you deal breakers, something that is absolutely unacceptable in a personal or prof- professional relationship. Everybody can think of deal breakers right now. So can you share a deal breaker? What's a deal breaker for you?
0: If you're someone who lacks integrity, that integrity. would be a deal breaker for me.
1: Yeah. So, um, so your values are it really, it takes time to think about those. And we have some exercises in the book. We recommend it, but you can go to Google and, and do, just look for a values instrument and, and you can figure out what your values are pretty quickly. Um, and, but one of the things to do is to start with your deal breakers. Cause that's easy. If you know what's absolutely unacceptable, then you have a better sense then of what is acceptable and what you're looking for. And so the people you surround yourself with are the people who have values that are resonant with yours. They don't have to be the same. That's really important because the diversity in many ways is important. Not just you know the diversity of ethnicity, but a diversity in values and in, in education and in knowledge. These are all uh, important things, but the values can't be dissonant. Uh, they have to be resonant uh, with yours. And I, and we talk about resonance in, in the book. I don't know if you've ever done. I'm not a musician, but I've seen this done. If you get two pianos side by side and um, you have two people sitting at each, one person at each piano and on one piano, piano number one, they hit the middle C key on piano. Number two, they just press the sustain pedal. Now, Piano number two has never been struck, but piano number two will hum when piano number one is hit. And that's resonance. And it'll be the same string on piano number two that will will resonate, will vibrate. And so that's resonance. What you want are people who have values that are resonant with yours, not dissonant with yours, not completely different than yours. And when you do that, then you have the, the start of creating your best life.
0: So you're saying that the ability to live our best lives is determined by who we surround ourselves with and how we know that we're surrounding ourselves with the right people begins with us knowing our values. So I've got a tricky question for you here. You mentioned that our metaphoric door is an enter only door. What if we've just now written down our top seven values, but our doorman has already let many people, many of the wrong people in who don't align with our values. What can we do about that?
1: So, uh, and and that's an important thing. Uh, you've, You've got to deal with the people that you've already let into your room. And, you know, some of them you maybe never had a choice on. They might be family members, but other people you have, you know, you've welcomed them into your life without knowing any better. And you find out later that it was probably not a good fit. So um, what you want to do, and we talk about a number of things that you can do with people like that. First, you have to learn how to say no. Uh, And, you know, you say yes to those things that are resonant with you. And we have a whole section in the book, how to say no without sounding like a jerk. Uh, And, and then, and here's, here's one technique. We have a lot of techniques in there on how to say no without sounding like a jerk or worse. Um, one of them, and this is my favorite technique to say, no, if I, if I said yes to you, I'm afraid I would let you down. And here's why. I, what I love about that technique is you never even use the word no. Right. Um, and, but you got to mean it, you know, you got to really mean it that you'd you're afraid to let them down and you don't want to let them down. Um, you know, I don't like letting people down, but I've also gotten pretty good at, at, at saying no. Uh, now I run the world's largest network. It's great to say yes, but I'm not qualified at everything. And so there are things where it's just better for the other person for me to say no, as well as for me. Cause it's not my, it's not my, you know, my flame. It's not what I'm good at or best at. So, uh, you got to learn how to say no. Then you gotta, you gotta learn, um, You were saying that this sounds simple and it is, but it's not easy. And there's a difference. A lot of what I talk about, simple, but not easy. If it were easy, everyone would do it. It'd be no problem, but it's not easy to do these things. So one of the, here's two combined techniques for dealing with the people that are in your room that, that, you you know, they're in your life. You want them out of your life, even though they're still in your head, you want them out of your life. Uh, Homeopathic doses, and benign neglect. Two concepts that we talk about in the book. Let's start with benign neglect. Benign neglect is something that works even when you don't want it to, if you're not paying attention. For example, people that maybe you went to high school with that were good friends, you liked them. They were good friends. But over time, you just kind of lost touch and through benign neglect, the relationship has dissipated. Or it could be college or places that you've worked. And so, now benign neglect is very effective now imagine doing it with a plan where you are you have a plan to uh, employ benign neglect to distance yourself from a particular relationship and the way you do that is through homeopathic doses, which are the smallest dose necessary to treat something. So for example, if you're going to visit uh, some place where there's you know somebody that you really want out of your life, but they're still you know they're still there and um, rather than, call them weeks in advance and say, hey, I'm going to come into town and you're dreading seeing them email them the night before and say, I'm going to be in town. I'm free between one and one 30 If you want to grab a cup of coffee. Uh, and so you've given parameters. It's a short period of time. Heck, they may not even see the email and you'd come and go, they'll see it on Facebook, you know, and then they'll <laughs> see that you sent them an email. Oh, well, you did reach out to me and it's a way to gradually, distance yourself from people that you just realize are no longer they're 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 anchors in your life not engines
0: as a thank you for listening to the creating a brand podcast i'd like to invite you to join our private community for free if you text the word community to 19042998992 i'll respond with a free invitation link once you join, I'll connect you with other community members and resources to help accelerate your success. Join today by texting the word COMMUNITY to one nine zero four i am looking forward to talking to you within the Creating a Brand community. And now, let's get back to today's episode. Now that you've challenged us to determine our top seven values and given us some very helpful strategies for distancing ourselves from the wrong people, we're certainly more equipped to start building a strong inner circle. Yep. But I know this is something that we have to learn. We're not just to become experts at filtering people and surrounding ourselves with only those whose values align with ours. So continuing with the doorman metaphor, would you say that we need to train our doorman?
1: Yep, you absolutely need to train the doorman. It's one of the chapters that we talk about is training your doorman. And you train them on, on the values, and you've got to be able to recite your values. You've got to be able to know what they are. And when you're talking to people what one of the things, yeah, I've got enough gray hair that I have learned. I'm old enough now to, that I have learned that I believe less and less in words and more and more in behaviors. Mm-hmm. So you look for behaviors. Don't listen to the word. I mean, you hear the words, but don't necessarily believe the the, the words, believe the behaviors. So watch the person's behaviors. That will tell you what values they truly live. because they may tell you they have a certain set of values, but do their behaviors are they, are their behaviors in alignment with those values? And if they're not, uh, take the behavior, not the words. And what, And so you have to train your doorman to look at people's behaviors, not just listen to their words. And then, um, you know, you have to learn how to get that dormant to work on the homeopathic doses and learning to say no and benign neglect.
0: Yeah, actions speak louder than words. What you're sharing here actually ties back to my number one value, which is integrity. But I have to admit that I've often been guilty of taking people at their word more than I probably should. And I'm not saying that I need to be less trusting, but I should evaluate people's behaviors, not just listen to their words. This has certainly caused me to end up with some wrong people in my room.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, Reagan had this, uh, like, like him or not, he had a great expression, um, trust, but verify. And so I, I like to go into a relationship trusting. I believe in people, Mm -hmm. uh, and behaviors may change my mind (laughs) about an individual, but, uh, there's nothing wrong with going into the relationship, um, you know, believing the best in people. And then you watch the behaviors. And if the behaviors are not in alignment with the words, then then that's, when you, that's a person that you don't let into your room.
0: This point of behaviors really spoke to me. So thank you for sharing that. I'd like to get your perspective on something that I see many entrepreneurs do, especially early on when they first decide they want to build a strong inner circle. They start thinking to themselves, I'm going to reach out to the highest, most successful, most accomplished individuals that I possibly can to start building an inner circle around these people because if you are the five or six people that you surround yourself with this makes sense right what are your thoughts on this
1: yeah and I, you know i see people who they look at someone successful and so they want to be close to them but they, they you know they don't think about that person's values and are those values in alignment with what i really want and so success is not necessarily not necessarily uh, a factor on determining whether that person should be in your inner circle or should be close to you. Uh, you want to make sure that that success comes, comes with, uh, a package that the values are resonant with yours.
0: Mm, that makes sense. You know, it actually makes me think about mentorship as well, because our inner circle being our closest advisor, some of those would be mentors as well. That kind of sounds like it's what you're describing here, right?
1: You know, mentors are important. Those are people that are in your inner circle. But virtual mentors are good as well. Maybe not quite as good as that real life mentor that you can specifically ask questions to. But uh, virtual mentors, I've had um, virtual mentors throughout my lifetime. And for me, you know, virtual mentors were books that I read and cassette, uh, audio cassette programs that I read Today, oh my goodness, there's so much content. Like this podcast, you know, people can come to this and hear someone and their ideas resonate with them. And then they can follow that individual. They can follow them on YouTube or on their social media. And they become a virtual mentor. Pick your virtual mentors carefully. And you never know. Sometimes a virtual mentor may end up becoming a real-life mentor and friend, it's happened to me on multiple occasions. Uh, you know, I read people's books and later met them and became friends with them. And so you just never know uh, where life leads you.
0: Actually, a perfect example of virtual mentorship they'd like to bring up would be your blog, IvanMesner.com. You've been a virtual mentor in my life for years, and today I'm getting the opportunity to talk to you. It's one of those things that you never know where it leads. What I will say is important, though, when you're selecting a digital mentor to be part of your inner circle, it is still very important to make sure that their values line up with yours. Even in just their content that you're consuming and learning from, it still needs to line up with your values.
1: Yeah. Listen, when you're reading people's um, content, they're getting in your head. And so you want the right people um, getting into your head. I, I had a health problem about eight years ago. I was diagnosed with cancer and uh, and I'm fully in remission. I ended up uh, going holistic and I, um, uh, I've i never had to do radiation, chemotherapy or surgery. Uh, and one of the things that I did is I wanted to get in the right headspace. And there were television shows that I watched that um, were just way too dark. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, they were like crime dramas mm-hmm. and um, just way too dark. And I loved them. They were interesting stories, but it hit me that, that I was really putting some stuff in my head that probably I didn't need there right now. And I just stopped watching some of those shows because they were so, so violent, Or I mean, I'm not talking about TV violence, but um, still violent, and and it wasn't the kind of stuff I wanted in my head. And it was all part of my healing, uh, is getting into the right mindset. And so on a less dramatic step, but still critical, you have gotta have the right mindset, which means you wanna pour positive stuff into your head that will help you be a better person.
0: This goes without saying, but I'm extremely grateful that you've recovered and that you're here sharing with us today. This point on positivity is such an important one. The way that I've always described it is that us as, as humans, each of us is a projector and we just project what the inputs that we've allowed into our life are feeding us. So for us, what we need to control is the actual inputs. What are we plugged into? What is it that we're consuming? What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are the people around us saying? It's so important that we make sure that we really are careful with these inputs in our lives. Well, Dr. Ivan, before we end our time together today, will you please share one final thought regarding building a strong inner circle?
1: Well, I think one of the things would be, um, you know, you may have people in your life uh, that, you know, they're in your room, they're in your life. They may be in your... Life, but their baggage doesn't have to be. And there are things that you can do to help ensure that their baggage stays out. Two very, very quick stories. One is uh, from one co-author and the other, the, and my other co-author, Rick, tells a story about his mother when she was alive. She was very caustic, and and he, he shares this in the book. Very, very caustic woman, and 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 for good reason. She had a lot of problems in her life. And he would call her every Sunday and she would just go on a rant talking about his brothers and sisters. And he hung up every Sunday, very upset. And so one day he decided, look, my, my mom's in my life, but her baggage doesn't have to be here. So he said to her, at the end of the conversation, he said, mom, I'll call you next week um, at the same time. But um, when from now on, when you start going off talking about uh, my brothers and sisters like that, I, I just that doesn't work for me. So from now on, I'm going to stop you. And I'm going to say, mom, I love you very much. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. And I'm going to hang up. And she's like, yeah, whatever. So the next week rolls around and two sentences into the conversation, she starts launching off on one of his, on one of his uh, siblings. And he says, mom, I'll, I'll, um, I love you very much. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. And hung up. Hmm. And the week after that, it took about 10 minutes. And the week after that, it took about 30 minutes. And he said, after that, for the rest of my mother's life, I had the best conversations that I ever had with her every week. And he said they were, it wasn't like it was all wine and roses. We talked about problems, but she didn't go off on tangents about people. And they were mature adult conversations. And it was the best time ever with my mom. My other co-author, on the other hand, he has, now. he's like 80 years old in his, close to 80s, uh, upper 70s, and his mother-in-law's in her 90s. And she's always upset with what Stuart eats and drinks. And <laughs> he's, she starts telling him what he should eat and what he should drink. And so she was familiar with the, 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 the book and the doorman principle. And so she launches off after he told her, don't do that anymore, Doris. And so she launched off on him on what he's drinking and he just hung up, just hung up the phone. She called back and she said, Stuart, did you hang up on me? And he said, no, Doris, I would never, ever hang up on you, but my doorman did. (laughs) She said, (laughs) (laughs) okay, fine. And uh, so Stuart's approach was a little more uh, direct (laughs) direct than I'm comfortable (laughs) with. But uh, both are examples of the fact that people may be in your life, but their baggage doesn't have to be there. And I think that's an important concept out of the book, Who's in Your Room?
0: These last two stories that you shared were very valuable because none of us can choose our families. They're already in our room, but we can choose what we talk about with them. And as you put it, we can have them leave their baggage on the front porch. That was a great final piece of wisdom that you shared with us. Dr. Ivan, this was such a helpful conversation today. So on behalf of the entire Creating a Brand audience, thank you for sharing with us today.
1: My pleasure, Alex. Anytime.
0: I've never heard anyone talk about building an inner circle quite the way that Dr. Ivan did, and I actually had more questions for him. We went on to talk for another six minutes, and he explained two powerful concepts for living a life of harmony. I'm telling you what, this is uncommon wisdom that you don't want to miss, and thankfully, I was able to record it, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And now I have a question for you. What outcomes in your life or business can you directly correlate to the influence that your inner circle has had on your life? Please share your response by visiting creatingabrand.com slash zero five nine. I'll actually share my story that I've not shared anywhere else on this topic. Dr. Ivan, thanks again for being a guest and helping us all intentionally build stronger inner circles. For more from Dr. Ivan Mesner, including links to his blog, books, and BNI, please visit creatingabrand.com slash zero five nine. Thank you as always for listening. And I'm looking forward to bringing you another masterclass episode next week.